Welcome to the Better Together Life podcast. A full-time family building a Texas homestead from scratch. Hey, welcome everybody to episode four of the Better Together Life podcast. This is a very rare but just extremely exciting weekend that we are having right now. We, stuff of legends. It really is. This weekend is the end of it. Can we all just have a moment of silence for the silence that is in my house right now? All four kids are at my parents, and my mother is a dental hygienist, and she, for the last maybe like year, she kind of just took off, and she's going back to work full time. So we thought, hey, we definitely need to get a podcast recorded today because it's going to get very loud and it just means that our podcast will only be recorded at 11 p.m. The time of day when everyone is their most productive. I think today is probably one of the coolest topics. Definitely one of the most common topics or questions we get asked. I would say it's number one. You think it's the first one? Yeah, totally. And and it's one of the coolest topics because I think it's so dynamic to get to talk about with you. So let's jump in and let's talk about how to get your spouse on board with homesteading. All right, before we get started, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors that make this possible is Farm and Yard. They are one of our sponsors from our Shed to House Facebook group, which if you're not a member of that group, there's 61,000 people there. Definitely go check that out. Farm and Yard, main contact there is Travis Beachy. He is the absolute best customer service person for anything if you're looking for a shed to house, a barn, horse barn, play sets, even chicken coops. You can get amazing, gorgeous chicken coops from Farm and Yard. You can go follow them, Farm and Yard, on Instagram. I'll put the link in the show notes. Farm and Yard is who we got our house from, but what you want is you want someone that comes and fixes anything that needs to be fixed, and it's Travis came out, which is about an hour drive from where he is, to come and help me with so many things with our Shed to House conversion. So go check out Farm and Yard. All right, so babe, like I was saying, babe, babe, like I was saying in the beginning, um, this I, I believe that this is our number one, and it's not just homesteading; it's even shed to house conversion. I, I would say we probably get this question a lot more on how do I convince my spouse to live in a shed, but it can be the same thing for homesteading. It's the question of like how do I convince, and this question never sits well with me. It always feels manipulative and it always feels self-serving. Let's do the short an- your short answer. Yeah. So so, so so here's a question. Honey, how can a person convince their spouse to change the life that they're currently doing and either live in a shed to house or to start homesteading? How can how can one spouse convince the other spouse? There's a short answer and then there's a long answer. And the short answer is, you don't. You don't convince your spouse to move into a shed to house or anything else for that matter. They are conversations. And that leads to what I would say is the long answer. Yeah, you cannot 
convince your spouse? So the long answer is let's go ahead and tell everybody our story because really this, guys, this is going to be a little bit of a marriage counseling session because that's what it is. And and I'll be straight up. We went to marriage counseling because of this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. In the midst of it, really. Not, it was not causation, but I think in the midst of this sort of crisis you were in, had a lot of conversation of just me unpacking hurt and feeling kind of left behind in the dust as you forged this like vision ahead and really didn't include anyone with you. So there's a lot Mm -hmm. of unpacking for us to do in this story that was not as easy breezy as what one might assume from one video. Like if they watched one video of us on the homestead together, they might just think like, oh, they're just always on the same page at all times. And y'all, it takes a lot of effort to get on the same page and to keep that vision in front of you together. And whenever I'm talking about counseling from us being, it sounds weird and stupid whenever you say it, us being churchgoers, it's, it just sounds silly saying this, you know, if you don't know us, but for people that were around us, even that go to church, they were like, you're going to counseling? I'm like, yeah, that's what you do when your car c- kind of messes up. You go in for a tune-up. Why would you not do that? I'd rather your... not get divorced. So yes. let's try <laughs> this first. Yeah. You know, now in turn, like Kelly and I, we had great marriage counseling in the very beginning and I that's I think you start that's a foundation marital counseling yeah we had great premarital counseling before we were married and I think that's a good found the best foundation you can have so that you actually know you're not a fearful of counseling I'm gonna try to make this as fast as we can I stepped down from my position at our church as uh, the video producer at our church and we started doing doTERRA full-time if you don't know that's what how kelly and i make our full-time income is with building a doTERRA business so we started helping people with oils and we were traveling back and forth that's where better together live came from because we really realized that we we worked better together then after that traveling it was in may of 2015 i started doing some weird uh research on things like the sign of the times and I got into prepping and the blood moons and I thought the world was going to end and it didn't. We bought land, we bought seven acres in central Texas and it did not, the world did not end. And then at that moment, I didn't know what to do. Last, Bottom dropped out. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then when we talk it, we, we say it was our November moment. November of that year, everything just went down. Well, if we can back up a bit that traveling was a really intense time i was traveling with our baby my bottom dropped out before yours did and i think you really had to sustain me a long time in that where it was like four months of me just kind of being a passive participant in our household i was just severely like clouded in depression and anxiety And when that ended, we kind of high-fived. And then you went down the pit. Yeah, kind of lost your mind a bit. So I think when you were down in the pit, it was your coping mechanism to kind of claw your way out in whatever way you could. (laughs) So buying land, prepping like the world was going to end, all of those things, and then it not happening led to this, oh, crap. Where have I placed all my value and identity and plans? After that summer, we had this piece of property 
and I was certain that Kelly was going to fall in love with the land that I fell in love with and that we were going to move, I don't know, move in there with a tent or something. Like, I, I was just thinking that, hey, that for some reason, I was unhappy. I was so focused with the grass is greener on the other side so much that I was willing to just drop everything and sell our house uproot everybody because I just didn't want to be where I was anymore and I wanted to leave and I wanted to start over and do something new on our property. I'm sure that you have a response for this but maybe this will answer it. At that time I was really into learning about permaculture. I was listening to Jack Spirico. Not enough listening to Jack Spirico because I mean the guy's a hard you know like a tough dude but at the same time, whenever it comes to this stuff, he, he believes exactly what we believe in. He, he always says, you do not convince your spouse. So we'll talk about a little bit about that. Watching Justin Rhodes and comparing. I'm like, man, I have this land that we can do this, all this cool stuff that Justin Rhodes and Arden Bree are doing. Why don't we just go do it? And our finances were not doing well because we stopped working our doTERRA business at the moment. It was just a long story. But then it all came to this. I started saying everything of why, trying to plead my case of why we should move to our property. And I was saying things like, we want to conserve water. We want to recharge our aquifers. We want to be able to grow food. We'll be able to start a farm and have, you know, function stacking of income streams. And this would be so good. We'd be able to have workshops at our property and be able to make more money and it would help us with our doTERRA business. All of these things that I was learning and passionate about. And I was like, that's it. I, I, I did it. I was the attorney and I said my closing arm argument and it was such a good argument and she, I convinced my wife this is it. And then you looked at me and then do you remember what you said? Tell me. She said, with tears in her eyes, Everything that you just said, we're not in it. No, I said, of all those things you just said, where are we in it? Like, you didn't list us. You didn't mm-hmm. list me. You didn't list our kids. It was a, a vision, an idea that you had, and we were just along for the ride somewhere in the backseat. And that stabbed me in the heart, but with truth. Like that was so big, and I and, and even at that moment, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't. I had no clue of what to do. I just knew that you were right, and that was whenever we went for counseling. It was through counseling that I realized what Kelly was saying the entire time. But it's just this is why you you know sometimes you might need a marriage tune up. I was trying to run away from, and we didn't even have problems. In Katie, I was just trying to run away from something. I was not happy with anything. I, I didn't. I also didn't have. I also was really messed up with my faith. I then. think emotionally, you weren't happy where you were. So the only thing you could do was try to physically get out of where you were. That's a little deep. I wouldn't say that not everybody. This is why we didn't name the podcast The Homestead Humor. Like, it's not all funny, man. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. Not everybody's going to have a deep story like this, but I think that if you're ever asking, how can I convince my spouse to do something big like this? It could even be, how do I convince my spouse to go and tour the nation in an RV? 
because you and I talked about that. Mm-hmm. That kind of sets the tone of where we were. And then from us working our way out of that hole, we were able to come to a happy agreement. And, and it was like, it's not A or B, it's option C to where it's always going to work better. It always because your marriage is going to be great. Well, marriage isn't that way either. Marriage isn't a person A's idea or person B's idea. It's it's a consistent figuring out of that third way. What is the way for us? Because you have to remind yourself daily that it isn't just what I want and that that person in the other chair next to you at the table is not against you. But together, you guys have to find this third path. And that changed a lot of what we had in mind for this property over time. I think you thought this was going to be our bug out spot. The world was going to end. It's centrally located to all our family. If we need to send carrier pigeons to get a note to them so that they can come and meet us here with a hand-drawn map, that is the option. And I did that. I, I agreed to this maps. property also for the central location, but because I knew then we would all see each other more often and we would all be able to take what we imagined for our kids in this season of like littleness, of wonderment, of climbing trees and having fun as they experience life on this property for our family. So I knew that there was more here and it wasn't that I disagreed with the vision, but I knew emotionally you couldn't leave Katy, Texas, and that baggage would stay there. You were packing bags as you're telling me we're going to be moving here, and all your emotional drama of like fear and nervousness and insecurity were like clothes that you were putting in the bag, ready to just like haul them in the back of the car and take them to Central Texas. And I thought, this won't have any terrible ramifications. Did I do that? Was that just, was that just packing bug out bags? I wasn't like packing bags to leave. This is a metaphor. Okay, good. I just want everybody to know that I wasn't leaving my family. That sounded kind of weird. No, but I did have like a straight up other cry fest on the the bed. And I was like, dude, you are so far ahead of us. And you're not bringing any of us into this conversation that I wouldn't be surprised. But have to acknowledge my concern here that you might straight up try to sell this house without ever even talking to me about it. We were in some dire straits. You were 1,000% correct. Because you were 1,000% off your rocker. I was. Yeah, totally. I was. So you were 1,000% correct in thinking that that could be a possibility, just so that everybody knows. I negative 1,000%. Like that was that never occurred to me, but I was wacko. You yeah. were so unstable in like your mind your spiritual health, your emotional health, even your body at that time, right? Like you were having tons of back and neck issues too. So like you were all kinds of out of whack. We were kind of treading water. You had just been caring for me for a really long time, all but like putting vitamins in my hands because I just couldn't bring myself to open the bottle. So I think the context is really important and the context of when this happened in our marriage, we were just about... What was it five years in? No, that was the seven year. This was oh, this was seven year. So we. If you also, don't know the seven year, itch a lot is of, a real thing. Yeah. 
But we also had weathered many storms and I had built a lot of trust in you and you'd always proven not to be successful in every crazy thing that you'd done, but to be faithful in every crazy thing you'd done. Like, let's try this. Let's do this together. I wasn't afraid you were truly going to move on without us, but I knew I had a safe place that I had to voice that concern then. Otherwise, I would be responsible if you did go straight off the deep end and hadn't had me say things like that, hard things, but true things that that were concerns of mine. And another thing, guys, this is kind of therapy because these are things that we talk about a lot. It's still even like emotions of bringing it up. It's, it's It was hard times. We're trying to set the stage. Another thing, maybe some of y'all have had conversations as a married couple like this. We had our property. We lived two hours away from it. And Kelly, maybe this was before we actually closed on the... I think you said this before we closed on mm-hmm. the property whenever... I was really, really wanting it. Right. I was emotionally attached. The stupidest thing you can do with real estate is become emotionally attached to the property. And I was. Is I was kind of talking about like the things that we would be doing on the property while we still lived in Katy. And Kelly said something to where she it was it was a big one. She said, Is there a chance that this property could become a mistress? Dang, Kelly's so wise. Oh, man. And I was just shocked that she asked that because I never thought of it that way. And Come back to that, though. How many years had we been married by then? Seven years. How many years had you been an entrepreneur in our marriage? Seven years. Mm-hmm. How many new ideas had you had? More than we can count. Some of them that, that sunk and some of them that floated. And I had to ask that question Because I remember in our second, third year of marriage, writing down things that filled my tank and things that drained my tank, things that filled yours and drained yours. So that we had this like really clear picture of I can do these things knowingly that are going to just dagger my spouse or I can do these things on purpose with no expectation of return that are going to help fill their tank because this is clear communication. And one of those things that I wrote down was for you to creatively pursue me as creatively as you did your clients. Because for clients, you would bend over backwards. You would come up with wild proposals. You would go over the moon. You would under-promise and always over-deliver to a client. And a lot of times especially at the beginning of our marriage, I was not pursued in the same way. Looking at something exciting, new, in the context of how your brain works, I had to be super clear about that because it was not okay with me to let that just evolve over time. Kelly and I have always had a very healthy marriage and healthy communication through conflict and things like this so please know that there was never a it was that was a metaphor safe place i was never worried you were gonna potentially leave me correct (laughs) that wasn't you know divorce has always been the conversation that we say this is off the table it's not an option for us but we could live a miserable life Mm -hmm. not being divorced as roommates or we could live a thriving life full of communication that expresses our needs and 
dies to ourselves along the way. So I, yes, I think that's great to make clear. I was never worried you would leave me and like go live in a hut on our property while I live in the suburbs. That wasn't a concern. When we bought this property, we both wanted to live here. Even before we bought this property, we had been looking an acre, two acres, somewhere a lot closer to what we thought would be our job for a long time. But we looked all around for property and finding this one and making the decision to buy it was really exciting. I was thrilled about it. I was not afraid of it. I did not think this was a terrible decision that we made or a huge mistake. So I was on the same page as you. We were both thrilled to have this new thing and I love new stuff. Like I'm the one ready to say yes to the next thing that comes up on the calendar or invitation that we get. This was a big invitation and I was super pumped about it. And even now, like that's how I feel. I'm pumped about living here. My concern is when someone asks me, how do I convince my spouse to want to do this? Chances are the decision to homestead in your mind is about you more than it's about what you will create together. Really, this could be tied. This question of how do I get my spouse on board tied with how much does it cost to do this, right? But focusing on this first thing, this first obstacle isn't an unemotional dollars in the bank question. It's totally emotionally charged because people want to homestead, but are afraid they're going to have to do it on their own because their spouse isn't on board. The next frame of thought is how do I get this person to do what I want, it's a lot prettier, right? We wrap it up in bows of like, well, they'll love, they love to grow a garden. Imagine how big the garden will be there. And that's just manipulative. That's not something that includes this person in the planning of it. Now, I am not the visionary. I am not the one who saw through to this. We have many conversations leading up to this. But we both wanted more space than we had in the suburbs. And that was enough for us to visualize what it is. So here's where you've got to like really examine your motives. If you're the one in your marriage who wants your spouse to be on board with this, then you've got to dig real deep because if you're ever motivated just because of yourself, what you want and what you desire out there, you've got some deeper problems than just getting that person on board with your vision. And you're probably going to have this problem rise up in your marriage. It's It's going to be like a magnifying glass. Imagine every little problem you have, little things that annoy you that you don't talk about, ways you're passive aggressive, maybe things that you do to get what you want anyways and just ask forgiveness later. Getting on your property is going to be like a magnifying glass on all of those problems, except now you've complicated it by taking away all of your support system. And adding a whole lot more work and, and pressure. Expenses. Yeah, pressure. Just mm-hmm. it is pressure and you're either going to get crushed or you're going to make diamonds. So you really have to consider what is your motive before you even talk to this person who you love. So you might be the opposite side of this coin, right? Your spouse really wants to homestead. They want this space. They can see the vision of it. And you are just like, I'm giving up X, Y, and Z. A, B, C, D, E, F. Like you're giving up all 26 letters of the alphabet for you to move here. You might be a lot like me. And so you're trying to consider my spouse really wants this thing. 
They see all these great things on the property, but where do I even fit in on that? I would hope that that conversation can look like a series of small things, of questions that you ask one another. And and feel free that at the end of those questions, over months of time of this like tenderizing of each of your hearts toward each other, that the end is totally free and open and you might decide together not to do this or you may be willing to risk and decide together to do this. The big difference in that is you're seeking to understand more of that other person. The most deadly ingredient that you can give your marriage is apathy. Assuming 10, 20, even 40 years into your marriage, my parents are about to be married 50 years next summer, even 50 years in to imagine that you know everything in the depths of that person's heart, the things that make them come alive, the things that make them excited or really are needed in order to challenge them and continue to inspire them. Because even if you are at the same job for your whole dang life, you still need inspiration in your life because you're made by the most creative being there ever was. God knows you. He knit you together and it's not to be boring or apathetic. You have this unique chance as the person who's hesitant to this to say something like, I'm not saying no to this, but I need to know more. And then ask real questions. So what are those kind of questions, Bo, that you would suggest people ask each other as they're figuring this whole thing out from both sides of the coin, right? Of course, I would come at it from not to say that Kelly was the one who didn't want to live on our property. I needed convincing though. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I needed to know vision. Something that I would say that I would want to know, not necessarily for Kelly, because I think I knew that this was something that you were open to. You were open to a dream of this. You were open to watching Food Inc. and being like, yes. That we need to interrupt sense. this food system. Yeah, that's so we us. were on the same, you know, page. I would ask some of those things. I would ask, like, do you care about where your food comes from? Do you do you even like any kind of animals? I think you have to go with I feel questions. How do you feel about this video that we just watched? Perfect. You know, what do you think about our current situation? What do you love? What do you not love? Like do this to search that person's heart, not so that you can manipulate them, but because this has a huge potential to draw you closer when it's for the right motivation. Because I would say that a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that are trying to unlock something with their spouse. That's so good. Oh, what is it? Unlocking. Okay. That's so good. Cool. There's a part of you that you just want to change something. There's Mm. a part of you that you want to get out of the rat race and be able to do something different in your life that that you are drawn to the land in some way. Mm. So what I would want to be able to say is that they're most likely, I believe that every human being is drawn to to the land that is a horticulturalist mm-hmm. down deep that that's just how god made us connected exactly that we are not made to be in cubicles and on concrete so i, I think that everybody you know longs for something like that but there might be people that say i don't want anything to do with animals but i could do something different in terms of doing an rv trip 
moving overseas, like anything kind of crazy different. And, and I would say that if you said something, if you said, I don't want a homestead, I don't want anything to do with animals, I don't want anything to do with RV, I think that we probably would find something different to do in our life. Yeah, if you have that desire to homestead, live off the land, grow your own food, you're probably already cut from a different kind of cloth Mm -hmm. than what you're seeing in that typical rat race, right? If you're not necessarily motivated by the upward mobility in your company, then then you might be thinking more along the lines of us. So -hmm. it's not for everyone. That's probably the first thing we should have opened with in this is this is not for everybody, especially speaking a year almost into this process, that this is not for everyone. And that's where I think Kelly's how do you feel questions are going to really help a lot. Write those, get a piece of paper and write those down. Pen and paper, I just believe in so much. So if you write those questions down and really prepare for Make it a game. Oh, yeah. Put it in a jar. (laughs) Take, you know, uh, your favorite margarita and just drink and ask questions and loosen up and get real. That's where my wife is awesome. Kelly's just super fun. I was going to like, I think I, I would make a presentation to you. Yeah, that's so lame. So lame margaritas and a game if your wife does not speak spreadsheet do not bring her a pros and cons list do not because there's a good chance that after you do those y'all might be on completely polar opposite sides on homesteading and you might need to find something different Mm -hmm. it's not for everybody if it's for you and it's not for them you gotta find out you gotta be into what they're into that you're married you made the commitment there's not there's no that's I'm, we're never going to say anything like that. You married someone. It is forever. You made the commitment. You made that bond. So you need to find something that they are into. And if you're listening to this, then I would also say in terms of compromise, you need, y'all need to make some sort of compromise to meet in the middle. If you're the person that wants to homestead, maybe you just start going crazy bananas with gardening and canning. Yeah. In your own But that life. was also one of the things that we did before we moved out here. You know, you had this like unction to do something different. And I remember over and over saying, how do you expect to take care of seven acres when we don't even take care of our little suburban house? On today's episode, we want you to guess what the background noise is of our dogs. We thought that we were going to have a nice studio sounding house with the kids gone, but hey, it's 104 degrees outside and so we had to record this with the dogs in. So send us a direct message on Instagram. Name that dog sound. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoy this because this is going a little long. We're going to keep the housekeeping Uh, a little bit to a minimum. Just remember that if you want to support this podcast, you can do all of your Amazon shopping over at betteramz.com. That is betteramz.com. We get anything you click on, Kelly and I just get a little bitty small percentage that helps keep this podcast going, helps us be able to stay on track with our homestead. And it is such a blessing. So if you want to support us, that is a great great way. Also, the number one way, more than anything, that you can do to support us is kind of like another two-part thing. One, go to the iTunes store 
to podcasts and give us a five-star review and actually write something. Don't just click on the stars, actually write the review. That would help us so much. That helps Apple promote us and helps us get to more people. The second thing is physically share this podcast. Somewhere in there, you can hit the share button. You can post it on your Facebook group. If you are able to share what Kelly and I are doing here on our homestead, that is the number one thing that you can do to support us. Oh yeah, and then also don't forget to check out our income expense report over at bettertogetherlife.com slash report. Thank you guys for joining today's podcast. You know, we are only better together because you are here. Make it a great week. Bye.